Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Praise God. It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy, the news radio. I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter producer for Decider.com. This week, I am joined by the host of the longest running storytelling open mic in New York City, the Happy Hour Story Hour, Julia Whitehouse. Hello! How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for uh, choosing the nanny. (laughs) I'm so excited because this week we are going to be traveling to April 29th, 1996. The Quest ruled the box office. Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey topped the charts. And CBS aired the nanny episode, The Cantor Show. Julia, you must have seen The Cantor Show before today. Uh, you know, it seemed familiar as I as we were watching it. Uh, but uh, I I had totally, uh, yeah, I'm like a goldfish, so I can enjoy <laughs> things multiple times. Uh, You're the target sickum audience then. Y- yeah, in a way. yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly, you, exactly. You, when I asked you like what shows you really wanted to do, you were like, "Nanny was one of the ones." You're like, "I know this show." So yeah. What is your history with the nanny named Fran? Well, my history. Uh, basically, my family moved around my whole life, uh, so we didn't get a lot of like. Uh, we were always in a foreign country, so we didn't get like television ah. as it happened yeah yeah you know uh it was kind of after the fact or uh, so while we were living in jamaica i i think it was we were what? kingston jamaica <laughs> they were they were playing and this is this is 90 this was 90 this, this episode was 96 yeah so this episode is 96 so I think it started in like 93 yeah i don't think we got it like as it happened like we didn't yeah. have cbs we had like jamaican channels so it would just be like I don't know, months afterwards or maybe wow. after the season. But yeah, it uh, it makes sense because it's around that time that we were, it's 94 to, uh, 94 to 96 is when we lived in, uh, in Jamaica. So, uh, yeah. And do you have any personal, like, uh, feelings about this? Like, do you relate to any of the characters? Uh, or yeah, this? well, no, it's, it's funny. So re, re, so thinking about the show, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Okay, there was all this theater. Yeah, it's in it. Theater. So theater heavy. Yeah. She's a nanny. She went to cosmetology school. <laughs> like she's the one thing I don't have in common with her is well, I mean, until just a few years ago. Like, but like my whole life I had all like 
beauty, uh, theater, being a nanny, yeah. uh, wanting a boyfriend and a husband <laughs> and a family. The one thing I didn't have in common with her was um, uh, being Jewish, which also, it's funny you chose this episode because so Jewish heavy. Oh, like, yeah. So religion heavy. Uh, not a lot of the kids in this episode. And the kids are one of my favorite parts of uh, the show. Yeah, this is, this is not yeah. a kid heavy episode. But the mom is was such a yeah. such a good... I mean, you think about like all the good moms on television. What, the, the person that sticks out is actually Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, Doris uh, Roberts. Yeah, great. she's amazing. But this mom, I totally forgot how great her mom yeah, is. Yeah, it's a really great character. So great. I never really watch the nanny growing up um because i feel like i always i get really like loyal i get like some brand loyalty and so Mm. when the nanny like the nanny started a year before friends debuted and Mm. so when friends debuted i was watching friends and seinfeld and i was full in on nbc and so i was like all in on nbc Mm -hmm. nbc was like my team (laughs) and then i would also watch some abc shows i loved drew carey's show and i loved home improvement Mm -hmm. i like tgif Mm-hmm. But, like, I never went through a CBS phase, and so when I got really into sitcoms in the mid-90s, CBS was like, oh, that's the network I don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I don't know, like, real... I mean, I watched Sybil. I did watch Sybil for some reason. Um, yeah, but that's what they want. That's how they, that's how they, they get you. That, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's like, like, NBC was dominating the ratings at this yeah. point, so... You, you talk about it being, like, your team. Yeah. It's like your family, you know? I mean, yeah. the local news, all news is like, oh, and you can yeah. trust us, trust the us. The NBC... Yeah. Affiliate Nashville I had Demetria Caladimos, Bill Hobbs, all the big names, <laughs> all the big people. They're all <laughs> so, Greeks. They sound like they're all Greeks. Yeah, Demi- well, Demetria Caladimos. That's a yes, very, very Greek very name. Greek <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, let's let's dive. Oh, I will say this because this is going to be a running thing. Mm. That I f- this is a running thing with the podcast of me pointing out all the men that I've had crushes on at various points in my life. Mm-hmm. So like my biggest relationship with the nanny as a, like a 10 year old was yes. the crush I had on Niles. Yes. <laughs> well, that, seriously, he's so, he's very, his voice is amazing. Yeah. His looks are amazing. I mean, serves like that, good it, looks. It serves good looks. And also, but I'll tell you, so I watched a bunch of episodes yesterday. There's an episode where he uh, fools around with uh, the husband's old nanny oh. who comes to visit, and they fool like they had a thing back in the day because, like, he was the butler's son and she was the older nanny, and he taught her so much, oh, or or she taught geez. him so much, and they're like kissing and stuff around, and I'm like. Uh, no, because like two episodes before that, uh, Fran Drescher was making some joke. He was like, I feel queer. And she says, well, don't ask, don't tell. And and he's like, I just feel ill. And she was like, okay, whatever. But like. (laughs) I want, I want that. Yeah, exactly. I, cause he won the, you know, towards the end of the series, he, him and Cece start hooking up. And it's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's like the, they hate each other so much that they start. No, he's. Yay. Yeah, they fall in love, and then apparently they get married in the last season. What? Yeah. So it takes a sharp turn. Sharp turn. Um, but then Why was, would they do that? Why would the writers do that? It's like, in 93, they still were not ready to have a lot of gay characters in primetime. Because that character would totally be gay now. Right, yeah. And yeah. it would be my but heart. He was gay. But that's the thing, is that he was he, he gay. projects so much of that. And they joke about it. I don't it. know it's about like the they... actor. I don't uh, know if the actor... Because oh, right. I tried oh, I to do research on him, because yeah. he does it so well. He's yeah. from the South. He's not actually English. I love that! 
that? Which is crazy because apparently he also played Moriarty on two episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation. No, you're where they would do those kidding. holodeck things. Oh wow! And even there, he again was playing an Englishman, but he is from like Georgia or something. Can I tell you something that you might appreciate? That well, and it relates to the nanny. But get this: so Star Trek, the guy who plays Q. Yeah. Uh, okay. John Delancey. Uh, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, he is the uh, molesting OBGYN in uh, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Ah. And it's the reason why uh, the, the whole movie starts out, you know, like, what's her face? Uh, the main character. Oh, no, no. I can't remember her name, but she's so wonderful. She gets molested as a pregnant woman. And then the guy... He gets sued. All these women come forward. He kills himself. His wife was pregnant at the time. She loses the baby. And this is Rebecca de Mornay that ends up being the nanny for the woman that first accused. Anyway, the, do you know The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? No. Point is... I know the title. Within the first, <laughs> within the first couple of episodes of The Nanny, there are two different references to The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. <laughs> Uh, because that movie came out around the same yeah. time. She's like, I'm such a bad nanny. Well, there's Rebecca de Mornay and then me. <laughs> it, it all relates back. It all comes it, back. It all comes back to the nanny. But in that, I just, I, uh, I love that also that Star Trek and one of my favorite movies of all time, Hand That Rocks a Cradle, has this guy in common. Has a nanny connection. Has a nanny connection. Yeah, connect. exactly. Yeah, Star Trek and the nanny, they connect. Just, they need to yeah. recast. They need, like, to see a fan cast of the Next Generation cast, but with nanny actors. Right, 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 right. right. Get, I want to see uh, Fran Drescher in that um, Deanna Troy jumpsuit. She would be perfect. She would kill well, it. They have the, well, they have the perfect hair. Their, yeah. Their hair. That's another thing. Well, you talk about Seinfeld being on your team. And oh, your yeah. Daughter. It's Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus the and same. the nanny. They have the same hair. Yeah. And the Jew, Jew, it's this, this bump. It. This bump. She refer- references her bump. But in this episode that we just watched, it's all Yeah, this flat is iron. season three. And this, Se- season 96, three. this is around the time that Elaine did the same thing with her hair, too. Right. Because, like, exactly. later Seinfeld, she exactly. gets the flat hair. They get, and they uh, flat iron. Uh, and it's this very is just, interesting. Which, I've talked to a lot of uh, Jewish women, uh, where I've known a lot of Jewish women in my life, but referencing hair. You start from a very young age, and I think that's when it started. Like, ah. it became out of trend to have your curly, big, yeah. you know, your your Jewish uh, afro. And so then the flat iron became this thing that all women do. And that, like, it looks awesome. I love her hair in this era. Yeah. In fact, it's how I wore my hair to many a prom. Um, <laughs> but I had to... I had to like boof it up. Yeah, you know she has that bump in the back. A very the bump 60s. goes from the front to the back. Yeah, the bump, the bump moves. <laughs> the bump it's moves a, back. There's an evolution of her bump, <laughs> and it moves to the back. Yeah. Great. So this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're going to be talking about the nanny episode, The Canter Show. It is the 24th episode of season three. It was written by Diane Wilk and directed by Dorothy Lyman. Here's how Sling TV describes the episode. Fran dates a cantor who's lured by the bright lights of Broadway to appear in Maxwell's show. Burt Backrack has a cameo. Julia, how accurate is that description? It's per- perfect. That's it's it. Perfectly <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the whole, um, uh, the backlash at the synagogue yeah. was pretty severe. Oh, like, yeah. Moving from the front to the back. 
Uh, they are they are penalized yeah. for luring that cantor away from. So yeah. like, first of all, a cantor is just a guy who sings in the synagogue. Like, yeah, this is yeah. A, I don't. But he know. was the draw. He was the draw. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. they go and it is like a concert. But also, it's also not as far as I understand. Again, I am not Jewish, uh, but uh, <laughs> I need to remind everybody. I'm going to reinstate. Uh, uh, <laughs> I but uh, the cantor as far as I know, it doesn't have much of a job except for during the holidays. Ah. Like the holidays is when you get a lot of your canter work. I, I didn't realize, or at least the way that yeah. it's portrayed in this is that it's like a weekly it's thing. It's a weekly gig But for I know him. some canters that are like, that, that the time when they're really working is during the high holidays. So like the episode opens up with Fran is wanting to take the girls to uh, her synagogue to show them how to like pick up men in other religions. Uh, but there's a so let's talk about her looks because I feel like you can't talk about a nanny episode without talking about her looks. Yeah, yeah. So the very first look she's wearing is like a black bustier with like glittery accent on mm-hmm. it and then like a tight mini skirt and then like black tights. Yeah, yeah. And this episode was all black and white. It yeah. Was all all black and white ensembles. She uh, was like she's wearing a glittery blazer, mm-hmm. a white glittery blazer mm-hmm. in the second and then the end she ends on it wearing the a gingham overall hot pants. Yeah, but if you'd notice, <laughs> she had a gingham Oh yeah. skirt separate situation. Yeah, and beforehand. Going beforehand. And she sort of matched her mom. Yeah. Right? And then and then it turned into a jumpsuit. I don't know if that was like a tearaway skirt revealing the, the it was little... like go-go boots, yeah. a headband. It yeah. was very much like she is in Austin Powers yeah. kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. deal. But also, when is Austin Powers about to come out? Is, uh, like, like a year later? Yeah, like exactly. So it like was 97, so very... Yeah, that like, retro I'm style. thinking of my Delia's catalog. It yeah. was all bell-bottoms <laughs> yeah. in that era. So like she's got that headband and the bump in the back. It's all... It is interesting how she's only wearing black and white in this episode, and yeah. I'm wondering, like, is that a like, is that an emotional thing of like, because this is all about good. This episode's about good and evil, like doing good, doing oh, right. bad. <gasps> so I'm wondering if the costume designer yeah. was like, "I need to entertain myself. Yeah. I'm gonna like, I'll read into this." <laughs> yeah, no, so I like that. There's a really um. So there's a throwaway line in the beginning that you. I think is a th- that I thought was a throwaway about, like... Oh, by the way, the airline called. I'm afraid they can't locate your suitcase. Oh, it doesn't matter. That's why you never put anything important in the baggage that you check. Well, it's automatically insured for $500. But stupid me, how'd I put that $500 watch in there? When did you get a $500 watch? Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me one like so I was like ah, that's not gonna come back but right. then it does like that right. becomes the main thing yeah that's later the reason on. right it's like karma every religion whatever religion you have yeah whatever you believe karma like there's a tit for tat yeah so everything has to even out and uh, but I also like it, like that it ultimately the 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 idea is that they're on God's good side yeah save for the fact that she doesn't have a doctor or boyfriend, but like that they are that the, what's the word? The, uh, the default is that her and her mom 
are on God's good side. They're always so, they're, they're, they're good. Yeah. They're golden. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, giving that five hundred dollar check to the synagogue to get a new canter, it just up oh, it goes back to tips normal. back over. Yeah, because uh, they think that all this bad luck starts happening once the canter leaves the church, and she thinks it's because she lured him away, but it turns out like. No, it's because you scammed an yeah. airline. Well, money is a big thing. <laughs> her not having money. Yeah. The, her and Niles, I mean, a lot in this episode, you know, I'm talking they about the tax. they get paid well? No, no, no. They get paid fine, oh. but like it's less than the Sheffields, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. That, that's something that they have in common that, they all, that they've always had in common. And I think that's also why I related to them uh, as a child. I don't know. Like, I don't know, I've, I've been very lucky in my life. Never had, yeah. n- never wanted for anything. But they, uh, but they're always been kind of around money. Yeah, so you're seeing more than it. actually having. And Fran lives with them. She right? lives with them. So like she's she's in it. getting paid. She can shop. You know, like everything's fine. But yeah. like but the whole joke about Niles was. Like, have you ever thought that taking this check might be construed as fraud? Well, I don't know, Mister Fourteen Dependents. <laughs> And it's not easy for me to support them, considering I'm a student. <laughs> now, will you get out of my home office? It's a really good one, right? Because they're talking about, like, they're talking about, like, tax fraud yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you fraud the IRS. Yeah. It's, like, it's really good. Yeah. So after that, like, little opening when they're going off to church. Oh, and who's the youngest daughter? That's, uh, Grace. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. So Grace walks in, and she's basically dressed like she's in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> And then uh, Fran has to say, like, Okay, Fran, I'm ready for temple. <laughs> Honey, it's only Friday night services. We're not fleeing Anatevka. <laughs> but that's the other thing, also. She's very smart. Yeah. Like, there's no, she's not a dumb dumb. No, she isn't. She just has a different priority set. Yeah. That's the only really difference. Yeah. She comes from a different background, but she's not stupid. She not just, at like, all. values different things. Yeah. But she's, and they're current events. She's like, yeah, you know, she's there are a lot it. of Yasser Arafat jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, uh, she's, she's, um, well, well versed in that, well, uh, you know, anyway. She's in tune. She yeah, knows exactly. what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, voice, the voice has, by the third season, she's playing it up. Oh. Because in, in, you watch the the pilot and everything, yeah, she, it's less. It's a little less. Oh. It is. It is very. It's not put on, but it's it's more severe. Yeah, I she's getting say. more into the character. She's like trying to really amp yeah. up that character. Yeah. The hair yeah. goes flat. The voice gets louder. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so after the cold open, we get the opening credits, which the opening theme song. It's one of those. I don't think it changes for the entire run of the show, no. which it doesn't yeah. need to, because it's one of those great classic theme songs that just tells you exactly what the show is. Mm-hmm. And what it reminds me of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's very similar. It's just like, here's a lot. This is what, basically, this is, what's hap- this is what happens in the pilot. Yeah. And uh, it's also just... The best. It's the best. It's so into- like, it's so <laughs> New York Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also like it feels very Queens. Like it yeah. feels very nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. It's kind of everything about this show is all distilled into that like 
He was working at a... She was working at a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, when her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What would she do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. Yeah. So it's like really cute animation. dancing. Everybody's dancing. The one thing I wanted to know is where do the Sheffields live in New York City? Because they live in New York City. On the east side. On the east side in a mansion, and they like do they've they've had some shots where it just looks like a big it's like, like a big brownstone yeah, like big okay because like I guess as a kid it always just seemed like a standalone house because mm, I didn't live yeah, in New York so right, I didn't know right, what that right, was right, like right, but then right. when I moved to New York I'm like they have a backyard like they yeah. have like two like a door that opens to the front and a door that opens to the back I'm like that seems weird in New York but yeah. I guess yeah, if you are like a, a loaded Broadway producer yeah, yeah you're gonna have the dough for that yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> So then the the episode opens up proper in the Hillcrest Jewish Center with all them watching the Cantor sing. And, I mean, it is hot. Like, the M&M's melted in Fran's hand. <laughs> <laughs> She's there with her mom. Were the, you attracted to this guy? I mean, my, yeah. my type is Niles, so... Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's so... I feel like my husband is always trying to understand... Like, what, like, even, like, just last night, he was like, what is, because we're watching Cheers, and, like, Cliff is my guy, and he's like, do you not see how Woody is attractive? I'm like, yes, objectively, I see that Woody Harrelson is a handsome man, but but I need, like, a doofy round head. Uh, can I tell you something really embarrassing? It has, like, it has everything to do with television, nothing to do with the dandy. Well, it's 90s, so it's stuff that we're talking about. My first sex dream. Uh, Paul Reiser. Oh, I never wow. watched Mad About You. He just really got into your psyche. He was just in there. <laughs> I don't know why. You still, I don't know why. You still feel the rise? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But it's like one of those. I was very confused when I woke up because I was like, "Why him? Yeah, what does this mean? Why him?" <laughs> um, I, I mean, I dated a lot of Jewish men. That was my type for a long time, but I was not attracted to this canter. But I think it's because I subconsciously, I was like, no, I can see he has Broadway fantasies. And, yeah, he, and I always had a rule. Don't date actors. Yeah, you need a little bit like, I need someone with a little bit less confidence. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I need. Yeah, uh, exactly. So like, after the after the thing is over, like, Fran is like, hey, now, honey, remember, when you see me talking to the canter, what are you going to do? I'm going to rush over and say, Excuse me, miss, are you Julia Roberts? <laughs> Remember, project. The way I could kind of see in terms of, like, the way Julia Roberts was wearing her hair at that time. She also, mm -hmm. when I picture, oh, what movies were I like? Notting Hill. There was a period where she didn't have the curly hair. She had very, very flat yeah, hair. But this I feel is, like it's 96, Yeah, I don't know. But was it was Notting Hill. Notting Hill was after. That was like 98, yeah. 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was my best friend's wedding. So, yeah. Oh, I think I'm thinking of her cameo on Friends. Mm -hmm. I think she had straight hair. And that was like 95. So, yeah. 96. Um, so, she goes and meets the cantor. And then they like hit it off a little bit. But mm -hmm. then Grace comes up. And it's like, excuse me, are you Julia Child? <laughs> Just a good little zinger. Yeah, good little zinger. And some face work. Everybody gets a face reaction. Little, yeah, it's like... Ooh, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew that was wrong. Ugh. Look, <laughs> let's talk about that. Like overall, I wrote that like this show is so broad. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like, it's one of the broadest shows I think I've done on the podcast. Because there are, like, you know, your Seinfeld friends, like, the mm-hmm. ones that are really, like, trying to play, like, cool. Yeah. And then there's The Nanny, which I really like. I mean, if the show really matches Fran's personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she created it. Yeah, right? like, yeah, it, it yeah, all feels yeah, like yeah. the show was as brassy yeah. and, like, kind of loud as she is. It, it's almost like, I mean, it, it, there are moments where it's like, wait, is this... Is this a documentary style? Because like, because <laughs> yeah. she'll she says something and then she'll look to the side as though she's looking at a camera. Yeah, but not directly at the camera, but almost to the camera. Yeah. You know, it's like it's... little asides. It's like she's was she a stand-up before? What did she I do don't before? I didn't. I, I should have looked into like what yeah. her performing background yeah, was. I'm she was just like I an knew actor or something. Little about. I knew nothing about her, but she created the but show. She, yeah, she pitched it, and like yeah. this was her thing. Uh, so much of the humor I noted is um, undercutting and uh, playing with expectation. Because mm-hmm. there's there's mm-hmm. the one uh, joke about... Um... God is forgiving, Miss Fine. When I was a boy, I once took five shillings out of the collection plate at church for toffee. Then nothing happened to you, right? That's right. Absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go wash other people's underwear. <laughs> image of that is so gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. And there's another one where they're like, when when the guy, when the cantor like says, he doesn't say screw this musical, but basically like, I'm gonna go star in Evita because etc. They're like, fine. Yeah. Gary isn't going anywhere. He has an ironclad contract. Oh, was that Gary I saw getting into a limo? Oh well. I'll have him sign his contract at the theater tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. There's all this like characters not being aware of the context that they're saying jokes in. That yeah. those jokes are all over yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very like uh, kind of like a noises off yeah. sort of theater sort of yeah. thing. There's... But the um, what's it? What's the thing that you just said that? Uh, oh, no, never, never mind. If it uh, something about Niles. Oh, oh, we we will be getting back to Niles. Okay, good, 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 <laughs> so good. like after so like Fran hits it off and immediately they start dating like immediately. Yeah. Like, he's on board. Which I understand. Yeah. Uh, com- look at all of her competition at the synagogue. Yeah. I feel like she's the catch. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. By yeah. far. Yeah. So, she takes him back to the mansion, and they get there. I love this. Just like, Bart back, like, Mr. Sheffield. Oh, Mr. Sheffield is... You can only say his name like that. <laughs> He's working with Burt Backrack on a musical. So him and Cece and Niles are, like, around the piano, like, with Burt Backrack, like, serenading them. And they walk in... I loved how quickly Burt Backrack was like, yeah, I'll play for you. Because the, all the character had to do was like say, oh, I grew up loving your music. And Burt Backrack like sits back down and is like launches into a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It's so quick. Yeah. And then he gets hired immediately. Yeah. For the musical. Yeah. It, it's like, uh, this is also perpetuates the fantasy of uh, making it in New York. Another, yeah. Ugh. There's like no, there are no obstacles for yeah. this guy, which I guess is also kind of the, uh, it is a joke that like he just kind of gets so quick for yeah. him. Like his right. rise is meteoric. Yeah, yeah. Because he did, like the musical doesn't How did even... Andrew Lloyd Webber find out about him? Yeah, the musical doesn't even open, right? Because yeah. he leaves before, because when he leaves, Fran's like, Can you believe this guy? Doesn't he know how much money has already been invested in him? I mean, musicians have been hired, rehearsals have been scheduled, people have been working around the clock, and that's just for my wedding. What about your show? (laughs) The idea that this guy was just, like, undiscovered... Yeah. It's just... Cantering in a in a synagogue. Going from synagogue, cantering all about yeah. all around Manhattan. Yeah, as though 
And, yeah, and, and no Jewish people in the Broadway break. world ever exactly. saw him I was before just this. about to say, exactly. <laughs> I feel so like there he, are no Jewish producers. <laughs> I feel like he probably performs to a producer at least once a month, yeah. if not once a week. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so there is a... After that is where we get the um, the scene at the at the Sylvia's house, right? Mm-hmm. The, the party? Uh, yeah. It's a yeah, party yeah, yeah. for the... Is it for the... It's for the cantor, I guess. Yeah, like, I it's guess just like, so. It's like a mixer thing. Yeah. And the rabbi is there, and he's spilling everything. Yeah. Like, it's just this, it's a really, like, so cute. it's a really big joke. And well, another big joke, you never see the dad. Is that, that's right? a running thing, right? Running thing, you never see, it's just like, uh... It's just like Neris on Frasier. Right, and, yeah. um, you know... The, or, uh, the Home Improvement, the oh, guy over Wilson's the, face, yeah, or, Wilson's um, face, Karen's and... husband, Don Will and Grace. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's an unseen character, okay, because he's in this, and you only see him bend over, but you see his hand and his toupee yeah. and, and fall yeah. in the frame. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, while they're there... <laughs> it's like, why, why do they make it, like, what is, what is a writer's room look like when they're like hmm let's do a unseen character yeah so let's we make can him every unseen. week figure out how to <laughs> not see him like what's that what is I feel that like it Why? has to be a I can imagine why they would do it like on will and grace I could see them like if you have a character that you reference all the time and you reference them so much, you're like, oh, I feel like you could eventually get to a point where we can never actually cast an actor that could ever play this. Right. So I, I could see you. I could see you backing yourself into that scenario. Right. But they start. Yeah, with but like to choose, like, oh, choose. and we never see the dead. We're never is interesting because you also never saw Norma's wife Vera on Cheers. Yeah. Which I also think that was probably a result of like. Norm is always at Cheers to be away from his wife, so right. naturally she would never be in an episode, right. but he would talk about her all the time. Right. So when it comes time to actually like show her, which they do in the Thanksgiving episode, you'd be like, well, we don't want to actually show her. Yeah. So you, she gets a pie in her face. Right, um, right. And it was George Wynn's actual wife that played her. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, there was a really fun... We I, I glossed over the... Um, oh. <sighs> I guess it was around that same time as the student home office runner area uh, with Niles and Fran, where Fran is talking about a string bikini. Oh, yeah. And then her mother still wears it. Her mother still wears, wears it. it although you can't see it. <laughs> and then what Niles' reaction, it hangs in his face as Daniel Davis goes through three different big reactions. Like, yeah. ugh, ugh, ugh. What? Yeah. 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 So, it is so great. Oh. And then cut to commercial. Yeah. Because, right. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, we had to watch this on Sling TV because you can't buy or stream The Nanny anywhere legally. So, do with that what you will, people. And also just watch Logo because Logo has, they run so many episodes, apparently. Uh, I also wanted to point out that all this, like, mid-90s fashion, my main theory is, like, Women look good kind of no matter what era. Okay. All right. Men are the ones that, like... Because well, I think they're always... to work with. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like, in this episode, Fran is dressed like a 60s go-go dancer, but it's, like, fun and, like, mm-hmm. looks good for her body. All the men are drowning in huge-ass suits. Huge-ass like, suits. Huge Broch- suits. Like, triangular, like, shoulder situations. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just, like, the worst yeah. suits. Yeah. And it's just so... Such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. FIT actually has a really good uh, exhibit, a small little uh, exhibit, mm. 
just on 20... Around 27th? Yeah, 27th yeah. Street. Little, it's open to the public. It's all about the body and physique and oh. fashion. And their men's section is very small. But, I mean, yeah. it's generally a... <laughs> but because men, like, fat, like, I mean... It goes you, like you, I, for whatever reason you're you're stuck in your suits, yeah. You know, and it's, or layering, but always a blazer, always yeah. a fudge and blazer, yeah. And it and it just kind of goes back and forth between like, do you want a wide tie, skinny tie, right. wide yeah. shoulders, skinny like yeah. pleats, and like there's just like and it just goes back and forth over and yeah. over again, yeah. and it's fine, whatever. It's, um. <laughs> <laughs> but you needed to, you, you, I, uh, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you and I agree. <laughs> so while they're there, while they're like, they're back at the hotel, they're back at the mansion and there's another really good Niles burn where Cece. Oh, Maxwell, it's your worst nightmare. Oh, will you stop announcing yourself? I'll be out of a job. <laughs> and it's so good. But they they start like there's been like seven days of rain like mm-hmm. the canter leaving to go to Broadway has caused like it's raining all the time also thunder always thunder, thunder all, yeah when, it's uh, very dire when outside get, yeah, yeah. and Sylvia the mother is like wearing these like Jackie O like head wrapping mm-hmm. glasses because she doesn't want to be recognized because someone put the evil eye on her because everyone's blaming them mm-hmm. for like taking their canter away mm-hmm. she even like she has like a kind of like small monologue about being like dying or like whatever and then she asks is there almond uh, extract in yep. this cake <laughs> she gets distracted by the cake uh what are the like the kids don't do anything in this episode not really yeah and they're you know uh, the oldest daughter doesn't even have a line she gets a reaction shot yeah uh she, yeah right? she has one little moment she has a reaction shot in the synagogue of like ooh, that canter's hot yeah that's about it. Brighton... Oh, the... you know what? There's that misunderstanding between we're going to go see Pagliacci at the Met or yeah. we're going to go see the Padres play the Mets. Yeah. Brighton has that. Yeah. What does that have to do... Does that have anything to do with the episode? No, People misunderstanding like we'll him... things? Or is oh, that maybe, just yeah. a... That's a good high no. class, low class clash. Yeah. yeah. We find out that the Cantor is going to leave to go do to go be in Evita. Like, was it... The actual musical Evita or the movie musical Madonna Evita? Well, no, I mean, they, say, they say that it's Evita the movie yeah, did for they, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Did Andrew which, Lloyd Webber again, make the Evita movie I musical? don't know, but when did that come out? That was later. I feel like that was 96 or 97. Like, that was around this time. So it's around this time. So I'm wondering if they, like, either knew an Evita musical was happening or if they, like, willed it into existence without knowing. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just, like, sent a Evita musical movie and then yeah. boom, but... But, like, what part is he going to play? Like, it's so... Yeah. It's such a weird... But, like, yeah, they get yeah, screwed he's over. He's also... He's, like, by no means, like, Hispanic or, like... He's no, he's like, a Jewish yeah, cantor. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh... The thing... Oh, shoot. The thing that uh, I wanted to write down. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber as God. Again. Oh, right, yeah. It is referenced relatively... Like, it... If it's just ref- if it's referenced in this episode, and it's referenced in the few episodes that I watched yesterday, oh, they bring him up it often? must be brought up a lot that oh, Andrew man. Lloyd Webber is this person that is kind of like uh, Ma- uh, Max Max Sheffield's uh, ne- nemesis, yeah. Broadway nemesis. I wonder if Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber ever was on the show. I should I look know. that up because yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. get. That's yeah. a good like last season get. Yeah, it's like we finally got him yeah. Yeah. to do like a little thing. Uh, 
Why were I have written down find her a doctor? Oh, find me a doctor. Because find after they doctor. finally find go, they go, they go back to the synagogue, and she basically they like, okay, here is the five hundred dollar check that I scammed. Oh, They've that's what it was. Back into God's good graces. Let's pray. So glad that we're back on His good side. Oh, so am I, Ma. Let's pray. Find her a doctor. Find her a doctor. Find her a doctor. Find her a doctor. Which is just so, again, it's like the idea that, like, you're, I don't know, I don't believe in God. Yeah. You know, I, but I grew up <laughs> with God. But I, the, it, it's the idea that all you have to do is pray and be in good graces. But I, I, I'm fascinated by that mentality because I used because I used yeah, yeah, to have yeah. it yeah, yeah. as well but it's this particular episode is so heavy on that and it all, but it lends itself like sitcom yeah, like it's television so it's so lends big. itself to that because it's so black and white yeah like you know talking about her outfit it's so e- and it's so easy is, to think of life like that and if it's easy then it's easy to make television about it and then mm-hmm. so it's easy to perpetuate the story yeah and so, and not to this knock like television, I love it. Like, exactly. It's like, it's a that's very what, that's simple, That's what all like, sitcoms are. Yeah. They're all miniature moral, play. moral plays. There are so many. This exactly. is this is actually like a stock sitcom plot is the character leads a person away from a calling. Uh-huh. Because like, there's an episode of Golden Girls where she goes and volunteers at like a high school and she like hits it off with this guy who's really great. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll come over and like hang out with me after... And so when he shows up at the house afterwards, he's wearing, like, a priest collar because he's uh, actually a oh, priest. Oh, I, I remember this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then, yeah, yeah. then like, Sophia's oh, like, you can't take a man yeah. away from the priesthood. Oh, God. Um, and that's yeah. just, and there's, I feel like there's an episode of the Bob Newhart show, I think, that is also like this, where maybe Carol or Suzanne or, like, Emily, I don't know. But, like, it's, it's a, this is a stock one. Yeah. Like, this happens all the time. Yeah. And so, like, the, the arc of this is very, like, yep, yeah, know where it's going. It's yeah. still a lot of fun. Um, I also noted in the very end, because the, the way that Logo plays sitcoms is, like, for for the, for the closing credits, if there isn't a stinger, they just, like, squunch up the video and then put the credits underneath oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I could tell, like, I so I was watching the credits, and they have a dialogue coach. Yeah. I was oh. like, what is a dialogue? Like, does that mean, um... To like work with to work with all the accents going on on this yeah, show, yeah, at least yeah. with Niles and right, Fran, knowing Niles is a Southerner, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that because I've never seen dialogue coach credited on a sitcom before. Really? No, but also I don't ever really written by a woman, though, written as and well, directed, yeah, and directed by a, uh, the, uh, that's uh, again. I mean, it, very rare. Yeah, <laughs> very rare, but also like you think about like oh how uh, I mean this Diane Wilk was writing in the first season as oh, yeah. well. Like, yeah, this is... She might be one of the main people there. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, and also, like, the humor... Oh, this is where I, like, get on my, like, if any motherfuckers still say women are funny. Mm. It's also, like, it sounds weird to say, go watch an episode of The Nanny written by a... Because, like, this show had so many jokes yeah, in it. So many. Non-stop. So, non-stop not, like, jokes. Yeah. There is almost no baseline reality because mm-hmm. it is just, exactly. like... It's just they're all serious. <laughs> I don't think anyone says how anything serious. How can we sing? How can we sing? Exactly. There's exactly. always a zinger. Uh, yeah. Are you ready for some must-have facts? She had style, she had class. She was there. That's how she became the nanny. Who would have guessed that the girl we described was just exactly what the doctor
doctor prescribed. Now the father finds her beguiling. Watch out, CC. And the kids are actually smiling. Such a thing. She's the lady in red when everybody else is wearing tan. The flashy girl from Flushing. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So how many people do you think uh, watched this specific episode of The Nanny? What number? How many millions? Oh, gosh. Um, I I don't understand numbers, space, or time. So I'm just going to say... Three? Three million? 16.9. Okay. Yeah, 16.9 <laughs> million people watched this. How which... many people recently watched the reboot of Roseanne? Eight million? No. 18. 18 million. 18 uh, live and then like 25 and you count like the people that watched it on DVR the yeah, week, yeah. week after. Yeah. So like a 16.9 million today is the number one show of the week. Like yeah. that's yeah. Uh, insane yeah. numbers. Yeah. So, 16.9, but in 1996, it was ranked number 17 for that week. Wow. What was number one? So, the top five shows the week this aired was, number five was a, a screening of The Fugitive, the Harrison Ford movie. Oh, my God. So, love, that was number five love, for the week. No, a number, another one of my top five. <laughs> top five. It's great. <laughs> Four was an episode of Friends. Okay. Three was part two of The Beast, which is a two-part TV movie about a killer squid from the author of Jaws. Oh, wow. So, Peter Benchley, I think, he wrote a novel in 1991 called The Beast about a giant killer squid. And then a TV movie of that was the number three most watched thing of the week. Oh, wow. Two was Seinfeld and one was ER. Oh. So, like, it's like a uh, movie, NBC, TV movie, NBC, NBC. Like, it's yeah. all like Thursday night NBC. Yeah. So, yeah. that is what, you know, we were in the grip of yeah. at that time. NBC family. Yeah. Which that's, you like, know, what I... That team. Yeah, I know, right? and I was like, my team was winning, and so I was like, why well, do I need to go anywhere else? Right, Because exactly. I got this. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Weird. It's weird. This It's a, it's a psychological thing. Yeah. That, you know, where they convince you, you don't, you don't need to don't go need anywhere. to do anything else, because yeah. like, I'm getting everything I need yeah. from Friends, uh, Single Guy, right. and Seinfeld, yeah. and... <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, every, it's everything, though. It's like what Facebook does. You don't need to oh, go anywhere yeah. else. It's what every... It's like... We are constantly looking for the thing that will, like, like fix fix and answer all of our questions. And if we fi- if we find it, then we stick with it. And we don't want to go anywhere else. And we else. defend it, 
and we don't want to go anywhere else. And it has to do something really nasty to us for us to branch out. What did NBC do that uh, helped you branch out? Uh... They, well, everything ended. Friends ended. Right. ER got bad. Seinfeld ended. And I did not like any of the new shows they yeah. got. And at that point, like, that coincided with Arrested Development coming out. Mm-hmm. That's like 2004. Right. And so I got into Arrested Development. But then like The Office, like I still, I've never really gone away from NBC, but I have brought in my horizons uh-huh. to where I will now watch a show on any network if right. it's good. Right, right. Um, but you became like you. But I was. You grew up, and it became television. Yeah, it was television just like, became your thing. Yeah, and uh, but it starts. It starts. You know, like you need to go one place. Like having a team, having a place. Yeah. You know, we talked. We, we talked about that. Talking about a yeah, UCB, UCB stuff. You know. <laughs> it's, so, uh, 116 users on yeah. IMDb rated this specific episode an 8.3. Mm. Out of ten. All right. Uh, compared to the other nanny episodes you watched, would you say this is an eight point three? Like, does yeah. that seem about right? Like, yeah, it seems about. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm. Uh, if not, if not more, I think it. I I wish there had just been some more more kid kid yeah. action. I I'm also a Give fan of half. like when you see a bit more uh, have have not. Mm-hmm. Interaction. I like. I like the tax uh, evasion it, yeah. back and forth with her and Niles. I realized watching this that the nanny and the Mick, the current show starring Caitlin Olsen, are very, very oh, similar. Because that's another like both the Mick and Fran are these outsiders from a different economic class that are uh-huh. dropped into a family with like three children. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, it's older older daughters, and then like. Two younger brothers and then a younger sister, younger brother. So I don't know the show. Uh, it's great. Wait, is Except, it, is this the one that we're? Uh, is she like on an on a banister in the advertisement? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she, I mean, Caitlin Olsen from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. She's so fucking so great, good. and it's a show that's so tailored specifically for her because mm-hmm. she's just every it has the most. Uh, it's like a gruesome version of the nanny because <laughs> it, the they, they do physical comedy in it that uh-huh. it results in people's fingers getting chopped off oh, yeah, or yeah. like it's there's very bloody show for a prime time <laughs> network and and it's also I mean I wrote an article about season one called like it's drunk TGIF mm-hmm. because they will like try to do those lesson episodes but everyone in the show is a bad person even the kids are all bad people mm-hmm. and so they don't learn anything the lesson is like they none of them learn lessons there's even at the end of one episode. It's all the being like, shouldn't we have learned something from this? Right. Like, I no. But it's still like that same structure of like interloper from a different class comes mm-hmm. into a rich family and it's like clash. It really struck me as similar. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I think all uh, all television were kind of in a chaos, amoral uh, yeah. time because you. Know, because because of everything well i mean it could be just because everything is cyclical or like kind of we we've graduated from answering questions you know yeah yeah, yeah. uh to a certain extent like you know from the morality tale being so cut cut and dry yeah Uh, because like an episode like this would not be able i mean well there isn't oh there's an episode of the mick that is this plot too where they there's a hot young priest and they like start corrupting him yeah that's so funny yeah and they end up setting the church on fire when so you re- when you realize that there's a fudging formula to everything yeah. pardon me i'm trying not to swear as much because yeah, you go I, for it with me well no i'm, I'm trying not to do it in, just across the board in my life because 
I don't want I don't want Domino to say fuck. No, children, <laughs> children going and uh, cursing because they don't yeah. know how to use those words. Yeah. Um. So the CBS Monday Night lineup at this time, mm-hmm. which I have to go back on my I didn't watch CBS that much because it was the nanny. Dave's World, Murphy Brown, and Sybil. And I watched Dave's World and Sybil. Mm. So I was like diving in and out okay. for okay. those two shows, but I didn't really watch The Nanny or Murphy Brown. I have no recollection of this show, Sybil, you've mentioned, and also Dave's World. What yeah, is Dave's that? World didn't last as long. That was uh, Harry Anderson from Night Court. It was his oh. sitcom after Night Court, and it was based on the comic strips of Dave Barry. Oh, yeah. Um, and so in my head, I always conflate Dave Barry and Harry Anderson as being the same yeah. person because he starred... And yeah. they also kind of look alike, Yeah, they do sort of look alike. So... That's uh, weird. And I think it only lasted... It might have lasted like two or three seasons, but I watched it. And then Sybil was Sybil Shepherd's show that also had oh. Christine Baranski oh. as her best friend. And she was a struggling her. actress in L.A. Um, and it... it was super acclaimed, super successful, only lasted four seasons, and the rumors are they canceled because she was outspoken liberal. Um, it's like she got too political, mm. and there was like rumblings of like that's why CBS was like uncomfortable with it because yeah. she was she stop talking just about it. Stick to dribbling the ball. Yep. Yep. Uh, who had the must? <laughs> I do not agree with that. I'm just no, exactly. making a... right. okay, go, go. <laughs> Who had the must? Who had the must see performance in this episode? Um, I would say the mother. Oh, Sylvia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will go, I will always go for Niles. Because <laughs> I still think he is adorable. Yeah. Because yeah. I haven't gotten over this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever this is. Whatever this is. has been around. Well, it's also, I mean, do, uh, do you have a thing for, I mean, I, I know, like, girls uh, growing up, like, having crushes on gay boys, and there are some gay boys who have crushes on straight boys, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Have you ever, have you found yourself in, like, ruts in your life where you're like, oh, God, I just keep on falling in love with straight boys? Oh, yeah, that's all I did. Okay, great. For a long time. So, Niles being a straight character, actually a straight character, yeah. also makes sense. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, also, I did not know I was gay for a long time because all the gay characters on TV and also the gay men I my in new in life were not men I found attractive. Right. Uh, and it wasn't until college uh, when I finally met a, a gay guy who looks a lot like Patton Oswalt <laughs> that I was like, oh. Oh, that could be me too. Yeah, because I wow. had a crush on him. I was straight and I had a, like a crush on him where I was like, I like looking at this guy that I hang out with. I think he, I like his face. I like hanging right. out with him. Uh, but like that doesn't mean anything. All straight men have this have these yeah. feelings. And then when he was like, "I'm actually gay," it was like, Ugh. it was like the first time in my entire like, life oh, that I ever seen like the oh, the Venn diagram overlap of men that I like right. and that. Uh, wow. So that's why I always say like, if Chandler Bing had been gay, yeah. If Niles had been gay, yeah. If I had known that Dave Holmes on MTV was gay back yeah. then, like there are all these things <gasps> that like, if any of that had happened, it mm-hmm. would have like, or if I had known that like Tony Slattery, my whose lines anyway hero was mm-hmm. gay, mm-hmm. Uh, it would have like changed <gasps> shit. Yeah, for real. But like you know, that's why this shit is important. Representation is important because sometimes yeah. it really does help you figure out who you are. Yeah. Um, must other people see this specific episode of The Nanny? Must they? Yeah. <laughs> like, is it? No, I wouldn't say so. I, I guess I, They're probably better it's ones. It's a good episode. Uh, it's a good episode. I liked it very much because, uh, you know, 
I love all the characters and so forth and so on. But it's a good form, like it's a good form of good characters. You can kind of drop them into anything, yeah, and you're exactly. gonna get some like yeah. laughs, and it's yeah. pretty broad. So you're yeah. gonna be like, "This is entertaining." But again, like I li- I like it when there are more kids, and yeah. uh, you know, I-, I enjoy thinking about religion and like and all of that stuff, but. I didn't relate too much. Yeah. Uh, we watched this one because I recorded every episode of The Nanny that aired on Logo for like a week, and then I went to IMDb, and this was the highest rated one of that bunch, which is why we did it, because there's no other real way to watch The Nanny. Um, but I get, who was the audience for The Nanny as well? I mean, like, it's most... It's a pretty big audience, yeah, but... Yeah, huge, but like, who, who, what was the demographic? Yeah, you know, I, like... it does seem like more of a family-leaning show yeah, yeah. than a lot of the NBC I feel like ones. We, we weren't allowed a lot of tele- yeah. television. We didn't get a lot of television overseas, and we weren't allowed a lot of television. Mm. So this was very, this was special, yeah. you know? And so, and it was also safe, I guess, uh, for the... Are there any curse words in this episode? Mm-hmm. No. No. I don't think so. But there was, but there was yeah. a, a safety to it, because she, I don't know, I guess. It's very cartoonish in yeah. a fun way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next up, we will do my the final segment Woo! from the great TV sitcom book. By yeah. This is a book from 1983 that has little capsule entries of every sitcom, even the one season wonders that aired from 1949 to 1983. Wow. For reference, according to this book, Cheers is a show that might not be a hit. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. So tell me when to stop, and then we will uh, talk about an episode on that page. Stop. So do you want to hear about Me and the Chimp? The new Dick Van Dyke show, The Partners, Shirley's World, The Super, or The Trouble with Tracy. Ooh, uh, let's do the new Dick Van Dyke show, because he's had a lot of shows. Yeah, this was... At what point did they decide (laughs) To do the new one? Or no, that they were just like, we're not coming up with a title. (laughs) No, we're done with this title. This is a go it, so the new Dick Van Dyke show, uh, a year after his ex-wife, Mary Tyler Moore, changed identities, moved to Minneapolis, and got her own show, Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore show, Dick Van Dyke decided to try sitcom life again, too. He'd been a big CBS star in the 60s, and the network was eager to get him back again, eager enough to submit to his demands of having the show filmed near his home at Carefree, Arizona. They shot it in Arizona? <laughs> For the three years, this show tugged to make it in the ratings race. The format changed and changed. In fact, the only people who remained on the show were Van Dyke as Dick Preston, Hope Lang, the ghost of Mrs. Muir, um, which is her, her previous show, as his uh-huh. wife, Jenny, and Angela Powell as her daughter, Annie. During the first two seasons, Dick played the host of a local talk show in Phoenix, but mainly episodes revolved around his family life with intrusion, intrusions by his manager, Bernie Davis, Marty Brill, his sister-slash-secretary, Mike, Fanny Flagg, who I love Fanny Flagg, so I would who love this. She, she oh, was on Match Game. She also wrote Fry Green Tomatoes. Oh. Like she's more a playwright and novelist. That. Oh, that's so funny. But she was a very, like, you look a lot like her, actually. Because really? she was a bright redhead, like, very flashy. Uh, she would always, her thing on Match Game was she would always wear t-shirts that had either, like, handprints over her boobs oh. or, like, funny phrases on oh them. Oh, my God. Again. And she was super, like, can- what, I love her. What happenstance? <clears throat> Again, Fred Green Tomatoes. Yeah. Another one of my favorites. <laughs> and Bernie's wife, Carol, Nancy Dussault, who go on to co-anchor Good Morning America for a while, TNDVDS, what an acronym, wasn't terribly <laughs> successful. So for the third season, they moved the premise of the show. This time, Dick, Sands, Burl, Dusant, and Flag started a daytime soap opera, Those Who Care, with new cast, cast regulars, including Dick Van Patten as Max Mathias' show producer, 
Barry Gordon as Dennis Whitehead, the soap's writer, and Henry Darrow as Alex Montanez, the stage manager. The show went off the air when the network censored an episode in which the Preston's daughter watches while her parents are having sex and asks them about it. Wow. Although handled quite tastefully, CBS thought America wasn't ready for parents talking to their kids about sex, at least not on television. But that wasn't the end of Dick Van Dyke. He wanted to host his own successful, his own unsuccessful variety show, <laughs> Van Dyke and Company. And for a while, was regular on the Carol Burnett show during its last season. Mm. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a new, new Dick Van Dyke show. Doesn't happen. Never happens. But he does come back and was on uh, Diagnosis Murder. That yeah. was his show. Yeah, that was his show. They just didn't title it the new, new yeah, Dick exactly. Van Dyke it's show. Yeah, like, exactly. It's time to like actually come <clears throat> up with a real title. So, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that... Um, it was on for three seasons, and I've wanted to watch it because I love Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. But again, like you can't find it anywhere, right, and right. you can't even find a lot of it on YouTube. Like only like the opening credits are on there because I've searched for it. Believe you me, well, it's scary. It's scary what just disappears. <laughs> yeah, I think about like even children's books that I think about from my childhood. I opened up a children's book and I was like, I've never read this, but the pictures are familiar. So I was like, so I must know this illustrator somehow. It took me hours of scouring the internet to find. Like this book, it's like Hetty, not Hetty, it's like Anne Marie's Heyday. Oh. It's out of print. You know, like I'd be able to buy it on Amazon, but like it, from somebody that yeah. also has a copy. Like, you know, it's probably in my house somewhere. Out of, it falls but out it's of print like wonderful, who is the Vanguard. Exact, where is it? Who yeah, it's up just with like. Shit? It's just gone forever. I think about, like, video games. Yeah. Uh, you know, my... I don't know. Do you play video games? Uh, not really. Or, uh, but but there, there's like. Uh, Ben showed me some uh, documentary about this guy who's like, that's what he's doing. Saving all the video games. Oh. And it's a massive undertaking. And it's only from, like, when? Like, how long have we had video well, games? Like, 40 so? years? Yeah, exactly. Max? But, like, there are so many that get developed and then, like, dropped. Like, not even, like, yeah. you know, so, but he's collecting them. Oh. That's why I feel like when I go through and like flip through this book, and I'm like, I wish I could help what, and save. What happens? Zombies. What happens? Uh, what, do you have the next book? Is there another no? This book he after wrote this? this one, and this is it, and that's it. So, and so like after everything after eight, like the lost sitcoms of '83 on, right. you know, who knows? Yeah, um, and even there's gotta, this, there's got to be some book about the, no. Yeah, I mean the internet is a really yeah, like, I think the yeah, internet yeah. like has really supplanted a lot oh, right. of this. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but it's weird oh, to think yeah. about this book because he had to write this without the internet, and right. it's like, how the fuck did he go through and find like sitcoms from 1949? Like, mm-hmm. what is the Goldbergs? Mm-hmm. Like, what is Mama? Wait, the Goldbergs? There's yeah, a, but there's a show. Of, yeah, the, but not. I guess <laughs> is it at all similar? I wonder. I don't think so. Is that Judy Garland? No. Uh, Life of Riley, yeah. Loman Abner, Wesley, yeah. Heavens to Betsy. Like, in 19... Like, when did he write this? How like, did he how, figure how it did out? he... What kind of research did he have to do? Like, it's crazy. How it's did crazy any book. of us write essays before the internet? I, you yeah, know what I, I mean? Like, I had to go to the library. library. I wanted to write an article about the Jim Blossoms in sixth grade, so I had to go and print out articles from Rolling Stone from right. the library right. to do research. Right. Um, it was a process. You had to really care about what you were yeah. writing about. And now it's just like, mm, I have a thought about this. As official as most anything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming out and talking about the nanny thank with me. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you in the internet if they want to talk about the nanny? Uh, <laughs> uh, only the they, nanny. They, uh, they can find me on uh, Instagram at Julia W. Hare. Um, I love talking about hair. Yeah. Love talking about uh, anything. We talked about some hair in this we, episode. Yeah, definitely. Her first Hers thing, is really the only notable Hers thing one. I notice. First thing I notice. Uh, wow. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, Maxwell has the white streak. Yeah, white streak and just kind of a little bouffanty. Yeah, you know, but that's like kind of classic. Yeah, man, uh, man hair. Yeah, um, back, back, and also like just like the we've yet to get into the the time of like uh, high and tight. You know. Yeah, yeah, mean? yeah. And so it's just all basically one length. It's almost yeah. like if he shook it out, it would be like kind of um, uh, like a hockey player you know like you know it's like a <laughs> hockey player style yeah that was not the 90s but uh you can find me on instagram at julia w hair or at julia weedeman i'm still weedeman on twitter but don't bother twitter that's it's don't <laughs> don't, 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 don't bother, bother twitter, twitter. Don't don't bo- it's fine don't just leave twitter. it alone don't bother, <laughs> don't bother, <laughs> don't bother thank you uh, thank you bye yeah. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Julia Whitehouse, for dropping by and talking about The Nanny with me this week. Next week, I will be discussing the Hanging with Mr. Cooper episode, The Unteachables. The Unteachables is in Season 1 of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, and it is Episode 18 of Season 1. You can watch the Hanging with Mr. Cooper episode on Hulu. Until then, I want to hear from everyone. Tweet your questions about sitcoms to at MustHaveSeenTV or send them to MustHaveSeenTV at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at at MustHaveSeenTV. If you like what we've heard, please rate and review MustHaveSeenTV in iTunes. And if you suggest an episode of a TV show that I have not watched yet that was aired before December 31st, 1999, I will talk about it on the show. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. And I'll see you next week on Must Have Seen TV. 